0: 0818 715 815.
1: Hello, good afternoon. You are very welcome to Lifeline. Katie Hannon with you until three o'clock today. And uh, we were talking, I was talking earlier with Louise about barmbracks uh, not having rings in them. Just as we come to air, I have more worrying news. Our sound operator claims that his barmbrack last week didn't have a ring in it either. It wasn't a Dunstor's barmbrack. We're checking that out. Our investigators are out as we speak. Uh, but uh, sure, you can be our investigators for us. If you if you had a barmbrack this Halloween season... And it had no ring in it. Text us 51551 uh, and we'll get back to that uh, momentarily. But first, I want to do this because we've been talking about people with trades uh, in the last couple of weeks and how really underappreciated and essential they are. Um, one of those one of those groups of people are truck drivers. I mean, if ever there was uh, an industry, a, a, a group of people that we desperately, desperately need, they put literally put the food on the shelves Um and keep us keep us eating and keep us wearing clothes and keep us doing everything. And we're now hearing there's a huge shortage of them. So let me go to Paul. Paul, good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon, Katie.
1: Where are you right now, Paul? I'm in
2: Cherbourg in France at the moment, waiting on a ferry to return to Ireland.
1: How long have you been away?
2: Yeah, uh, well, on this occasion it's only been a week and a half. I've just—I normally do six weeks, but I uh, we must return home because my daughter is graduating from college, and ah. this is—it's not till—it's ne- not till next week, but I can't risk not making it. You know, so I'm going home a bit early. Absolutely. But normally six weeks. Normally we do about six weeks.
1: That is tough, isn't Europa. it, Paul? Like getting—how many kids have you got?
2: Uh five children in total. Um from ranging from forty down to twelve.
1: So god, that's so that's some span of a family for sure. Um so it must be tough. Like they've have they all grown up with you, you know, uh, being away for a long, oh, long yes. periods. Oh, oh
2: god yes, yes. I've never done this is the only job I've had now, thirty five years on international work. So um five and a half years with the present company I'm with who were probably the best of the companies I've been with. Not that many companies now, I have to say, in the 35 years, maybe six in total. So it's not a bit of longevity with most of them, you know.
1: Yeah. And how do you manage, like, do you, you know, I presume just phone calls really would have been in, in before we got... Uh, you know. yeah
2: well before well before mobile phones and technology and stuff like that it was just normal uh, phone box or whatever you got in Italy years ago you couldn't even do that we, everything was done by italics so you had to book a phone a phone call and if the phone was engaged back in this is in the early nineties if the phone was engaged when it rang but then you had to book it again and it could be another hour before you'd get it you know
1: yeah, I think yeah, I think anyone under the age of 30 now is just absolutely astonished by the world before we had, you know, instant communication at all times. Uh, of course, now now you can actually Zoom call, I suppose, can you?
2: Yeah, well, the FaceTime now or WhatsApp, Zoom call as you call it or whatever, you know, but we like, where coming from the time of faxes and telexes and stuff. So the technology, wheel, we're trying to keep up with it. People my age, you know, I'm 58, so, you know... I'm well, not saying we're stupid, we're not. We're, we're we're able to manage, but there's other people are finding it difficult. You know, technology is changing so fast for everybody, including in trucks that we drive. The technology has is, is just gone way beyond whatever we thought it would be.
1: You know, when when your your family were it's, it's you know they're as you say your youngest is what twelve now. It must have been it, it must have been tough when they were babies, leaving them behind for that yeah. long time.
2: It is it is tough, but at the time coming from the eighties and stuff like that, there wasn't much jobs and so even you know, while it has a bad reputation, for me it's always been good, I've never been unemployed. I've always managed to I've gone through two recessions in Ireland. I've managed to pay be way and stay on top of the bills and stuff like that. So I you know, it doesn't really owe me anything in that respect, but having said that, I wouldn't want any of my children to take it up. Why not? Well, it's not a good job, uh, Katie. You know, it's difficult like, for young people. There's no young people coming into the industry. The, it's on its knees for for staff. And most of that is down to pay and conditions. And conditions isn't only about where you walk, but travelling around Europe. You know, there's some women, as I was talking to a researcher earlier on, there's a lot more women coming into it. If you go to the Nordic countries, there's at least 25% of the drivers are women.
1: Are they? That's because we That definitely oh, yeah, wouldn't yeah. be the case here now, would it? It's not, because they haven't got the facilities,
2: Katie. They have the facilities up there. You know, when you want to park it now, you need somewhere safe to park where you have access to toilets and stuff. Uh, the rest of Europe, you're kind of left to your own devices, really. It could be a layboy with nothing in it, not even a light. So, you know, security ways and stuff like that for yourself and the goods you're carrying, it's difficult. So people don't want to do that, you know,
1: and tell my me own like,
2: kids included. They're just ed- kids are better educated now and they look at this as down, way down the ladder of careers, you know.
1: Is there a sort of um, a camaraderie and a kind of a family sense of all of it? I mean, presumably you meet the same drivers at on the lay-bys at, at uh, truck stops around Europe all the time, do you? Well,
2: yeah, well, there would have been, but in the last 10 years, maybe 15 years, that's gone down because a lot of drivers have retired, a lot of them have just gone away from the industry for various reasons, pay and conditions, like I said. Uh, it's very expensive to be operating around Europe now for food or anything, like if, you, if you're if you not cooking for yourself in the truck, which most people don't. I have a microwave and stuff like that, but you don't want to live out of that. Um, so you're meeting less people and the people I'm meeting are my age group or older. There's not too many young men or, or women coming now. I'm getting a ferry now and there's there's at least 25 or 30 trucks here waiting to go on that ferry and I'd say six of them are Irish at the very
3: most.
1: Really? So even in Ireland uh, you wouldn't have Irish drivers doing those routes now? Uh, but they are doing them. We,
2: we, like this company here um if we maybe they'll mention them, it's ATC logistics in Dublin, but you know, but they they specialise in computer transport for data centres and stuff like that. So it's a different job. It's not a general haulage. You know, it's a bit more structured here. They provide us with facilities. We have depots in Frankfurt, Amsterdam, and the Czech Republic to have stuff for us to go to. So we we have options. Other people don't have options. You know, they're left in layboys or. If you don't get parked by three or four o'clock in the day here, you're not going to get one. You're parking on the side of the road, frequently harassed by police for parking in places and asked to move. And Regulations prohibit. Prohibited totally by regulations on a 15-hour basis every day, you know.
1: And, you know, I suppose going back to the 70s uh, and I don't, is it the 70s or the 80s, those smoky movies with the, you know, Everyone can yeah. be like the, There's a kind of a bit of a romance around that whole world. Is that was it ever like it that? Is,
2: it was like that. It was like that. And myself, we smoked a lot of cigarettes for many years, and I haven't smoked now for 29 <laughs> years. And the vast majority of drivers now I see don't smoke.
1: No, but I'm talking um, about you know, this was a smoke, Smokey and the Bandit, was it? I'm trying to think of those trucker movies of back in the, the, the went, 70s where there were. They were all chatting well, to each fair. other on well, this. The
2: well, it's fair. Look, it's fair to say that,
1: you know... Convoy. Sorry, I've just been told. Convoy is the one I'm looking for.
2: Well, you, you, you'd get an element of that coming, coming from ferries or, or stuff. You might have a bunch of lads going to Italy together and they'd travel down for the day, you know, and, and meet each other maybe on the way back. But that's less and less now. It's kind of isolated. You're isolated a lot And.
1: And but, you're on your own were you, know? you on CB radios was that was that not part of it we
2: were we were we were on CB radios and now that's kind of taken the back seat because like like you just mentioned technology mm-hmm. people have phones and they talk to each other you pick who you want to talk to instead of just random you know yeah.
1: <laughs> because I think so, that, that is that is the kind of romantic uh, movie version of <laughs> uh, life on the road as a truck driver that yeah. you know we might have had but <laughs>
2: Uh, I know but (laughs) when you watch some of them films and stuff and you're you're quite right and they you know they pull up and they're having dinner and talking Mm -hmm. and all this and having a laugh there isn't much of that now people don't have time people are very you know they're pushed for time everywhere they go so they're they're maximising their day
1: What are the rules again Paul sorry just remind us of the rules because obviously you have very strict rules about how many hours you can drive
2: well, the, the rules are the basic rule of nine hours driving in a fifteen-hour period of any day. Right. So you're allowed fifty-five hours, or fifty-six hours this week, and thirty-five hours next week. So it's ninety hours between the two weeks. So if you if you work for, we'll just say five five days, and you do fifteen hours, that's seventy-five hours a week. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Your average driver for the seventy-five hours is will be taken home. Six hundred euros per week, so that equates to around eight euros per hour. Wow! So they're not being paid on an hourly basis. Now, if you're with a better company, you'd probably be getting hundred and fifty,
4: mm-hmm.
2: which works out at ten euros per hour. You know, now you might not do fifteen hours every day, but you'll be close to it. You'll be very close to it most days, especially in European work because you're travelling further distance and stuff like that. No, and I'm sure there's lots of people in Ireland doing the same thing. So nobody wants to work for that money. You're over-regulated. You have to do CPC courses one every year, which is now 70 euros, which you have to pay for yourself, you know. Mm -hmm. You have every police force in Europe wanting to stop you to take a few quid off you to find any little mistake you made. And if we can just go back to what you were saying about the need at the beginning.
5: Mm -hmm.
2: In the middle of... When the pandemic was around, I know everybody's fed up with that, but Truck drivers were the only, not the only ones, but every truck driver worked in that pandemic. Oh, yeah. They suspended all the rules. They suspended all the rules for us. We could do, we could work fifteen or twenty hours a day. We could travel a bit further. No one would stop you, and you could work seven days a week for the duration of this pandemic to, to deliver goods and everything else. Now, when it's over, you're back to being, as you said, the bandit again. And if you walk one five minutes over your time, it's a fine.
1: But and Paul, frequently,
2: the driver has to pay it.
1: You do, but surely there is—I mean, obviously there is a logic to restricting the amount of hours you can drive because you're—you know—you're driving, you're driving yeah. a massive, a massive um, vehicle there, and it would be very dangerous, would it not? If, if people were overtired oh, behind no, that wheel? Oh, no,
2: no, absolutely. We have to have rules, and the rules are there, and you know people are trying not to break the rules, but facilities aren't available. When you get to one, if it's full up, you have to drive on to the next one. Again, it's full up. You know, you can't actually plan your day to be in. I'm going to be in Leash and I'm going to park there. 14 hours and 30 minutes, I get to Leash and there's nowhere to park. You know, where do you go there? And I mean, most people in Ireland will see trucks on a daily basis and pay no attention to them. But where's the last time any of these people saw truck stops? Specifically I, for truck you know, I drivers. I
1: was literally just going to say, whose job is it to provide yeah. you with those truck stops? Like, is it well, is it a local authority everywhere, or wh- who who? Well, it should be.
2: It should well, it should be local authority, and it should be built into infrastructure of you know all the new motorways that are going on. They're putting up, you know, you are getting motorway services, which charge a premium for their their services. It's almost five euros for a cup of coffee, you know. You're paying a and all they sell is McDonald's or Burger King or Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, not saying that drivers won't be there. Obviously, you leave whatever you're available. Mm -hmm. But there's no concession for any driver. And frequently, you have to pay to park in these places. Now, maybe not so much in Ireland, but in Europe, you have to pay for a lot of it. But there's little or no concession. So...
1: And there's an issue as well about that. I didn't didn't know about this now, but diesel theft. Tell me about that, Paul.
2: Yeah, well, well, diesel theft is right. I mean... Whenever the price of diesel goes up, it's almost up to two euros at the moment. Now I'm not talking about Ireland, but it is going on in Ireland. It's going on everywhere. But in Europe, we have diesel theft uh, crews that come around. They have they come in the likes of a transit van. They have big tanks in the back of it, and they have pumps. They just cut a hole in your diesel tank when you're asleep at night, pop it in, and they're gone with five or six hundred litres of your diesel, and you won't even hear it. Wow. So that's another concern,
1: and quite dangerous
2: as well. I would have thought. But, well, dangerous if you're if you're unfortunate enough to wake up and yeah. get out and think you're going to talk to them, yeah. it would be dangerous because you, you just couldn't get out. You know, drivers. You know, people don't realise that drivers at night in Europe are locking themselves in their cabs. They have locking systems, or they're putting straps on the door because if they can't get what they want on the outside, they will try to get in on the inside. We've had several attempts of being. Broken into
1: while so, you were in you the know, cab yourself.
2: While you're asleep, yeah. Wow. While you're asleep. So do you and
1: you lock yourself into the cab at night?
2: Every night. And I would have you to be locked in?
1: Would you drive through the night ever, Paul?
2: Uh, thankfully, this company I work for, we don't do much night work, and uh, not not really. No, I don't, but the other people do. But you know, it doesn't really matter. These teeth are brazen, you know. They're predominantly—I don't want to single out any country or anything—but they're from Europe, mm-hmm. and they—they don't care. They've nothing to lose. You know what I mean. Going to jail doesn't mean anything to them.
1: Paul, will you hang on? I've got another uh, truck driver on on the the other line. Uh, Danny, Danny, good afternoon.
6: <coughs> good afternoon, Kate. Uh,
1: so you—you you wouldn't be international now. You'd be uh, a national truck driver, yes. Danny.
6: Yeah. Yes.
1: Uh, and you've been at it for for quite some time as well. I have, yeah. Since wanna, the
6: mid '80s, really, in a s- sense.
1: Since the mid '80s, and has it changed much over the years?
6: Oh, it has, yeah. The, like it's it's probably the uh, it's 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 the most regulated job, I'd say, in 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 Ireland or Europe.
1: In terms of how long you can work, and
6: how long you can work, yeah, yeah, and 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 where you can park and where you can park and. As 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 Paul was saying, like there's no, there's no uh, trucks, trucks, truck stops. I think there's only one. There's one. I live in Boyle, in Oscommon, and I think there's only one truck stop that I can think of between here and Dublin, and that's that's up in Mullingar, and that's, or the far side of Mullingar, actually.
1: So what do you do? What can you do?
6: Grin and bear it. Keep going. You know it. It. it you, you. You know. You, you were mentioning young people. Them not taking up the, the job of, of, of driving mm-hmm. like it, it could cost anything from two to two and a half thousand pounds to get a licence and it'll cost you at least a minimum of a hundred euro a year to keep that licence
3: Yeah.
7: so
6: you're, you're penalised no matter how you look at it, everywhere you go they're, they're taking money off you for something you know, you're pulled in on the side of the road uh, they'll ask you for your driver's licence, your CPC card and your tachograph card <laughs> you know they, 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 they all take time and, and uh, cost money.
1: And time is money when, when you're driving a truck. And time is money. The and
6: then you're on the road, you're pulled in. If there's a lorry in front of you, when, when the um, RSA pull you over, if there's a lorry in front of you, you wait till they're finished with him. And there could be a half an hour going through them. And then the next thing, you're brought up and you're another half an hour. That's an hour you've lost. You know. And there's no compensation for it.
1: Did you say the RSA? Is there, is there separate checks for truck drivers? There is, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the Road Safety Authority?
6: Safety Authority, yes.
1: I didn't know that now. So it's yeah, not just the guards that would stop you?
6: No, well, the guards will be with them. Right. The guards are normally with them. They just pull you over to the side and uh, you wait till, there's a, uh, till some member of the RSA is free. And they'll uh, they'll go through you.
1: Your tachograph and all that?
6: Yeah, they'll go through everything. They'll go in under your lorry and check your brakes and... See, so you check your tyres and, well, most most uh, drivers anyway uh, um, do their walk around, check in the morning, they check their tyres. But they'll check everything. They'll check everything.
1: Now, Danny, do you know, as, as somebody who doesn't drive a truck and doesn't have to deal with that, I am kind of relieved to hear that there's that level of safety involved with yeah. the kind of machines that, that you'd be driving. I mean, that's sort of reassuring, I think, to the general road user because, so, like, I do think that particularly around... Around the country in Ireland, you do sometimes come across uh, trucks. You think, God, this—that's tough to drive that truck on on these roads.
6: It is because, like, there's two things you have to remember. Your driver's license is your job; it's your income. You lose that license, you've lost an income. You know, and and secondly, you're not the only one on the road. Like, you you have to deal with cars. You have to deal with guys that will or people that will cut in out in front of you. That will come out a side road in front of you and and cut you off and um, and and uh, coming up to a traffic light if it's going to go green then you go got to move the next thing somebody's going to go through because they were Ambler gambler you have you have a lot you have a lot on on your plate
1: do you think that the the standard of driving in Ireland has improved or disimproved over the years
6: disimproved i would think well of course there's more cars yeah there's more cars on the road and it has disimproved yeah and a lot of cars now have lost their indicators.
1: Uh, you're, <laughs> you're being facetious, obviously. <laughs> I am, yeah. I am,
6: yeah, 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 uh,
1: yeah. They, they just don't in- indicate you, say?
6: No, they don't. No. They just swerve in and out in front of you in lanes. You know, and, and, and Paul was saying there about, about the roadways and that. Like They built a new dual carriageway from Castle Baldon in Sligo into huh. And they put no hard shoulder on it. So if you break down, you're in the lane. You're blocking the lane. You can't get in. There's no hard shoulder. There's nowhere to go.
1: And why was, is that they just and that, and that's Just
6: that been built in the last two years.
1: <sighs> yeah.
6: You know, that's, that's, that's what you're up again. And then you go into a town. You go into a town and, and they have these pimples coming out off the footpaths. And there's room for three or four cars. And you come in at half, five, six o'clock in the morning to make a delivery. And there's some guy parked right in the middle of the bay. So you're not going to get into park there. So you're driving around looking for a space to park that'll be close enough to the to to, to where you want to make your delivery. You yeah. Know, I, it's,
1: it's a, that must be a huge one for you. The the loading bays. Yeah.
6: It's a nightmare. It's not enough for me It's for every every delivery, yeah. Yeah. Like it's 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 crazy what what they're doing at the moment. Like I I was just coming home there this morning and uh, I saw. I said, "There's roadworks up. I said, what are they doing here?" <laughs> and then I realize they they're extending the footpath out into the road, which is shortening the width of the road for the lorry driver in car. Right. You know, you're you're up against these. Well, I call them crazy engineering jobs, but uh, you're up against that the whole time. And, and you, as you said, you're driving the machine that can can have anything from 10, 20, 30, 40 ton on it. Yeah, and and you need space to brake. You don't need people jumping in in front of you and with um, cutting off your braking area, braking space, but from the car in front, you know. You have, you, it's a living nightmare, really, and I'm not surprised that young lads are not taking up the job.
1: Uh, you did a bit of uh, driving instructing, did you? Uh, uh, go back in the eighties. I
6: did. I was with Aircom. I was a driving instructor with Aircom. In the transport department,
1: is it hard to teach somebody how to drive a truck?
6: Not if they learn, not if they can drive a car. But if you get someone that never drove a car and they want to learn to drive a truck, it is hard. It's hard to get them to get used to distance and speed and and uh, the weight of what they're driving, what they're moving, and of course the weight and braking distance.
1: Because I I have to say, I have, you know, sometimes you'd be stuck while a truck might be reversing into a narrow lane or, you know, doing some manoeuvre that's tricky. And I'm kind of in awe, I have to say, of some of the manoeuvres that truck drivers manage, some of the the spaces they manage to get those massive uh, trucks into. It's, I think it is pretty skilled, a pretty skilled uh, job for sure.
6: Yeah, it, it is, and you, ha- you and, and you, not alone. are you watching where the back of your truck is going, and your overswing. but you're also watching for the the guy just going, the person that's going to walk directly behind you. Yeah, you know, or pull out, but, but they're parked, and the next thing you're trying to back up the laneway, and they'll swing out, and and they're they're at the back of your car and back of your truck, and there's nowhere to go. You have to go back out again and let them out. Yeah, you know, it's it's. Um, it's, it's crazy, you know, people people don't consider the length, the weight and, 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 and the speed of a truck.
1: Yeah, exactly.
6: And, uh, and remember, most most trucks, that people tell you, oh, he was flying it, he was going mad, you know. Most trucks today are governed at 80 kilometres an hour.
1: When you say governed, is in they can't go over 80, is it?
6: Exactly, yeah, yeah. The only time they go over 80 is if they were going down a steep hill.
1: Do you know? it Often, of course, me, Why aren't all vehicles cars? Everything. Why isn't the speed limit built into them? You'd wonder. Well, you know. Well, the
6: tech, the technology is there because, like, if you put on your sat nav, it'll tell you when you're crossing. If you're if you're going into a sixty mile zone, it'll tell you that you're going into a sixty mile zone. So the technology is there
1: to link up the two. Yeah. Okay, Danny, will you hang on? I need to take a break, but I want to keep talking about this after
0: these. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815.
1: Now, Paul was telling us uh, that there are very few female truck drivers in Ireland because we don't have the facilities here, but we found one. Mandy, good afternoon. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How long have you been a truck driver, Mandy? about five years And how is it? Um, It's
4: it's tough going the hours are tough like you know they're long hours long hours and the
1: facilities are not here for women in Ireland Yeah how do you manage I mean if there's if the lads are having trouble managing how do you manage for toilets and that? Oh you try and map
4: out some of your day if you can possibly at all and Hopefully there's a toilet en route that way, like and you know, all usually I'd stop at a shop where there wouldn't be you know, it wouldn't be a service. I'd be working that back roads and all. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to go in and use ask them, could I use the toilet and ninety percent of the time they'd allow me, but I'd have to buy a cup of coffee or something, you know.
1: Yeah. Um
4: wh- what took you into it in the first place? I just wanted to change, that was it. Just uh, just wanted to change, thought it'd be thrilling, like, you know, to
8: live on the
1: road and you know. And? Is there a buzz yeah. out of it? I mean, the idea of how, you know. Uh, I do, I do like
4: drive and I do like trucks, but um, the hours, the wages, there's a lot of things up again. us, like, you know, it's there's a lot of employers, a lot of employers wouldn't be the greatest. And, you have you have a lot of authorities out there as well to get you this your truck license is your driving licence as well. Like so any points you get that's carried on to your driving licence. And in Ireland, in rural Ireland, we all need a car like so we'd we we can not be affording to be getting points for silly things as well, like you know, because we're responsible for our truck as well, like you know. Yeah. All things come back to us that don't go to the employer. You know. Yes,
1: so you have to take responsibility.
4: Yeah, for everything and there's a lot of, like, we have courses to do every year and the pay is just not there, like, it's not, I know a lot of young lads that have the licence and they won't go near it, they won't twitch off it because they need their car.
1: Like, what are we going to do? Because we we need people to drive trucks. I mean, that's a very, you know, it's a very, very essential skill that we, uh, uh, and you're all very, very essential workers. So we do need to do something to keep keep truck drivers in, in the game. What, what? 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 How do the other, uh, the men, the male drivers treat the likes of um, yourself, Mandy? Are you kind of considered one of the one of the club, or what's it
4: like? Um, yeah, probably about ninety percent of the time. Now I would get a bit of jealousy there among some drivers as well, like and all. But I keep my head down and do my work. Like you know, that that comes in any job,
1: I suppose. You how know. How do you mean jealousy, though? Oh or maybe you
4: might be doing your loads a bit quicker than others, you know what I mean? Like, you know, keeping the head down and just doing your work. You'd get that, like, you know, so I've, I've come up a lot, a lot with that, like, you know, but I just carry on with my work and just get through the day, you know.
1: And do you think that they kind of regard you with a bit of suspicion because you're not one of the lads? Um, No I wouldn't get that all the time Now 90% of the lads
4: are sound Like you know I get on well with them Like you know But um, as truck driving is It's a very lonely job anyway So you're mostly behind the wheel By all
1: yourself day, you know. Yeah by yourself And Maybe. is there many other women like yourself on the road? I know a few yeah But
4: not very much no Very 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 little in Ireland at the minute Like you know but there is a few
1: coming through And will you turn up with deliveries? Do people do a double take with you? <laughs> I'm it,
4: yeah sometimes. I used to there a few years ago because I was doing cars there when I started off first and yeah a lot of people would be <laughs> nearly fall into the ditch or whatever when they see me <laughs> uh,
1: There's always a buzz but you, 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 you're you, obviously thinking of getting out are you Mandy?
4: Yeah I am indeed I'm wanting to get out because there's too much up against us like you know there's there's no one representing truck drivers here in Ireland like there, we've no representation at all like you know just get out there do your job look if there's something wrong with your truck in the morning and you report that issue right uh-huh. and you go out and drive that truck and you get stopped by the rsa that's on you that's on you like you know but you can't go into work and say here are you not going to work today because i have bad tire there it's bald like you know can't who's going to pay you for that day if you don't get out there there's no other truck in the yard like you know This is what you're up again every day, like you know, it's all this stuff as well, like no, you can't afford not to go to work, like
1: Uh, Mandy. I've got uh, somebody on the the other line who will take great umbrage at what you just said about uh, truck drivers not being represented, because, uh, Ger you are the newly elected president of the Irish Road Haulage Association, are you?
3: That's correct, yeah. (laughs) That's (laughs) correct. Um, No, I don't take take umbrage with what Mandy has said at all. Um, I represent. I suppose the majority of the licensed haulage section in Ireland, and like what she said, it's. Sorry, like I suppose what, what Mandy's saying.
1: Is, sorry, Ger, I, I presume what Mandy's saying is that you 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 represent the interests of their the, the their employers, but maybe who's who's representing the interests of the drivers?
3: Well, yeah, I've, I've just I've just said that, to Mandy. There, um, there probably is very little representation for drivers, but. To be quite honest, drivers can vote with their feet too. There is a massive shortage out there at the present time of of qualified drivers in our industry. You can certainly move from one job to another. There's, there's any amount of opportunity there. You can, you know, for example, if you wanted to transport livestock, that... That option is open to you. If you want to do overnight distribution, that option is open to you. If you want to deliver fuels, if you want to work at night, if you only want to work three days a week, all them options are, are very much open to truck drivers at the present. Yeah, but time.
1: They're, what they're saying, what what we're hearing from the 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 truck drivers calling to us, Jerry, is it's not paying them to do that. I and mean, might do different types of might, might be options open to them, but all the options are low paid.
3: Well. Look, I will say to you, uh, very much a supply and demand. When you have a small supply of anything in the marketplace, market forces are going to dictate. So I don't, I don't accept that. There, there is certainly exceptionally good money out there at the present time to be here and driving a truck.
1: Uh, will you stay there, Jer? Uh, don't go anywhere, please, because I want to let John come in on this one. Uh, John, good afternoon.
9: Hi, how things?
1: Yeah, you're you're somebody now that uh, people are saying we need to get into this game. You're what age are you? Twenty one. And you are driving an Arctic. I am indeed. Uh, so, what do you reckon? What do you say there to what Jero is saying? He's, he
9: he is right in one sense in what he's saying about there's loads of jobs out there, and if you go looking for them, you'll get them, and the money is there. But when it when it when it comes to to young lads leaving school like I did, I left school without a leaving start. And I started off driving tractors and progressed myself up to driving a truck because my grandfather had lorries, my father is in the industry all my life, and now I'm coming up into third generation driving. I couldn't really miss it. It was it was easier for me to, to see it as a child growing up because it was kind of all I knew. But if you have someone that's coming out of school that doesn't know what they want to do and they're, they're looking at truck driving, and there is people out there like that, you don't necessarily have to be from the industry to go drive a truck. Like they they look into it and say, Oh, you can get X amount doing this work or you know, there's, there's all there's different um like pedestals, I don't know what to say,
10: sorry. Um if uh, No,
1: I'm gonna get sorry. No, no, that. no, but John, what I'm saying is that we've had people complaining here that the the hours are too long and the, and the the pay is too low, you know, but when you actually divide the pay by the amount of hours you have to drive, that it's not worth your while.
9: No, it's less than minimum wage.
1: And if you didn't have it in the family, would you be sticking with it?
9: Being honest, probably not, though. No. Probably not. There's, there's, Yes, the wage at the end of the week, when I mean, you get paid on a Thursday, it's it's a nice amount of money. But there's, there's people out there working in factory jobs getting the same amount of money and they're working less hours. Now, for me, it's more so of, uh, I always liked it. I always looked up to lorry drivers because that's the way I was brought up. So, it, it doesn't bother me if I have to get out of bed at 3 o'clock in the morning and I'm not home for 6 or 7 in the evening. It, does, it doesn't bother me. But I, I know as I get older, I know myself when I'm getting older and I start having children or, or whatnot, I, I'm going to see the effects of it. Because I see my father, when I was a child, I very rarely seen him when I was in school, birthday parties, even my junior start results. He was all. Like, there are big things to certain people. Now, to me, that wouldn't matter. But there is people out there that, like, they're occasions if you
1: understand me oh my god John that I mean for most people sure you never get those occasions back so you know that's a big thing to to, to sure. not be able to be there like with Paul that our first our first truck driver there that came on to us today he was coming home over a week early because he didn't want to miss his his uh daughter's graduation so like <laughs> It's I. You know. You know what you sound like there. Actually, you sound like I often talk to people who would have been children of politicians, and that yeah. idea that they're never. You know that something else has to take precedence over, over the family stuff always. That's uh, it's it, and it's funny how it's kind of it, it runs, and then they go on and do the same themselves because that's all they've ever known.
9: Yeah, you're dead right there. You're dead right.
1: And how, I don't know what would your mother say about this.
9: Well, I, I tell you, I have an older sister and she's 30. And when, when she was grow, when she was a child, my father was gone night and day. That was just them days. That was back in the late, late 80s, early 90s. Do you know what I mean? The times were different. They were tough the times. had yeah, the worry. Yeah. As you were saying earlier about smoking and the Bandit and, and, and the Convoy, that's the way times were. That's the way that time was. Like It was just a big film at the back of it when you think about it. Now, there was a lot of work to be done in it too. But... Yeah. Like there's very little of them drivers left now any of the older stock is kind of after moving on or retiring or you know that sort of way like anyone that say my father's generation in latter years they're all trying to get home for them sort of things but at the end of the day when they're one to the Friday gone or if they're on the continent like it's only mammy left at home at the end of it you know and mammy has to run the house and keep the car going and children in school and lunches and dinners and whatever else you know that sort of way like, well, it's, like
1: that's a big you're basically a single mother in those scenarios then
9: Realistically, when you think of it like that, you would be, yeah.
1: Well, it's it great. It's great you've actually noticed that, John, because a lot of people just kind of take that for granted, you know. But are you thinking, will I get, will I ever find somebody that'll put up with me doing that?
9: Well, thank God I have someone like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so, surprised. I'm not surprised. So
9: they're hard come by now. They are. They're hard come by. <laughs>
1: And uh, do, you so, think, do you think she's hoping you might be persuaded to do something else down the line?
9: No, no, she stands behind me 100%. Ah. 100%. Like I'm trying <laughs> to page and I got a notion a couple of months ago when I started driving first that I was going to buy my own lorry. And I did, I bought my own lorry and I'm actually in the process of doing it up for shows but I was going to buy one to work it, and she was standing beside me all the way through it all and I just, I looked back at it and I said no, I'm not going to do it yet. But it's, it's something in the pipeline that I would love to do. If you understand me. What? Do what? To have my own lorry. To have my own business.
1: And when you said there, do it up for shows. What, what, is is this truck
9: truck shows? Yeah. Sorry, it was a bit vague.
1: No, no. Do you know what? Do not know it's the whole other world? I know nothing about. So tell me, where where do where do we have truck shows?
9: Um, at the end of this month, there's a big truck show in in Mandela Park in Kildare. Um, it's called Full of the Pipe. That used to be in Punchestown Racecourse. Um, there could be acting from 500 trucks to 1500 trucks in it. Go away. And, and every class of a machine from back in the 70s or 80s to brand new.
1: And what? How do you win? Like, what? What are the criteria for? What do you get? You well, get a rosette. Well, how does it work?
9: <laughs> well, there's there's you can get. You can just enter the show for just to have your lorry there and socialise if you wanted to call it or you can put your lorry in and for for um, sorry, for sorry judging and then there's different um, tiers of like um, how to judge the lorries and how clean they are and paint jobs and, and special interiors and stuff like that you know that sort of way
1: Yeah, it sounds fantastic
9: uh, there's some, there's some of the lorries out there now are a work of art though, being straight with you
1: And uh, do you know, that kind of has a feel of Americana to me. Like, its a, is it an American thing that has come here?
9: Um, I'm I'm not sure, being straight with you, being, yeah. being completely honest. Like, years ago, I remember before I was born, my father would have went to Peterborough Truck Show in England. Like, that's, that's, that's a massive show. And they would have had lorries back then that nothing would have been... Ireland was completely behind in that sense, like... There was no customisation done to lorries in Ireland. Well, there would have been, but not as much as there is now. Like, if every day I working in lorries now, that would be to the same spec as just specific show lorries back then. You understand me? People yeah. are... The money... Like, if you're spending that type of money on a lorry now, um, like, why not have it the way you want it sort of thing? You understand me? Now, it would be, obviously it'd be very hard for a, an owner-driver sort of thing to have a lorry like that. But there is lads out there and they are making it work and it's a credit to them. You see them go up and down the road every day and their lorries are like new pins on
1: the road. Do you know, it's a whole other world. Um, it totally fascinates me. And I'm just thinking, like, even despite the fact that your father was away all that time, you obviously, you know, you obviously managed a great relationship with him because you look up to him and you want to, you know, emulate him and such in that way. It's, uh, it is lovely to hear, John. It's really, I really, really, really enjoy your take on it. And, and that yeah. that girl, she's a keeper.
9: Well, <laughs> I'll tell her that I, I actually I texted her when I was coming in there and I said to her listen to RT one and I think she's been more listening to it now so. uh, What's her name? Kayleigh Kayleigh <laughs> it Could be listening to it I'm not sure could be.
1: A big shout out to her Okay thanks a million John I uh, appreciate that I'll bring in I'll go back to Jer. Are you still there Jer? I am yes I am uh, It's great to hear uh, a young Young man's um, take on um, on the business. I mean, he's obviously like hugely enthusiastic, but uh, that's
3: that's very typical of the young person coming into our industry. Um, we don't have many of them. We we'd love to have a lot more of them, <clears throat> but it's typical, as I say, of the young person coming into our industry that were aired in the industry that were brought up in the industry. He sounds like exactly like myself left school early and I suppose from that day to this I've never actually went to work a day in my life because I love what I do I well, look forward to it
1: What is it about and it Church? Just tell me like that it, I
3: suppose there's a certain amount of pride in what you're doing there's the camaraderie in it when I was a young now they went around in trucks with my father, with my uncles, with drivers that lived locally with us, we spent all our summers in it, we spent all our Saturdays ahead And you know, some of the trucks today the interiors of them like a new a new truck today can cost anything up to two hundred and twenty, two hundred and thirty thousand euro. Wow. Um the cabs in them trucks where the, the living quarters are. There's a bed in it. Everybody has comfortable well, if not more comfort within the bed, you have at home. There's coffee makers in them. There's microwaves in them. There's televisions in them. There they really are a hotel room on, on wheels. Right. So you a lot of people th- take tremendous pride in, in, in what they're doing.
1: Okay. Ger, hang on a sec. I, I need to bring in Gavin. Gavin, Good afternoon.
11: Good afternoon, Katie. How are you doing?
1: I'm I'm doing well. Uh, are you travelling in a hotel room on wheels?
11: No, not exactly. No, no, not exactly. It is comfortable, all right, and uh, you have a microwave, Max, you only have to put it in the dinner there now, and I'm after just what, finishing up the dinner. What are you, what are you having
1: for the dinner, Gavin?
11: Oh, chicken curry. Microwaveable meal. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, what do you call it? No, I want to comment on Jared. Jared says like it's very easy for people now to chop and change. I'm 40 years of age, and I'd say I'd class myself as a young driver, so I'd I would now. But there's no young people coming into it because the money's not there, and that's just a simple fact of it. Like you have to quote in a price on a brand new lorry at 200 and something thousand, yet the employers are not given the wages out to justify, you know, to work your long hours so you're not like I'm doing it 15 years now I have three young kids uh, what do you call it uh, I have three young kids and you know you missed a lot of time when they were younger with them See, so you did but you can't I can't go and chop my job and look elsewhere for another job and get the same money sure that doesn't make sense so they are all paying the same money out there.
1: Is that the way it is? Yeah, that. There's...
11: That's the way it is. Like, sure, so everyone's paying the same money. So when Jerry says you can shop, sure you could shop to a wash off job, see so you could. So there is no chopping and changing. You have to stay. Like I'm, I'm lucky enough. I'm with a good employer now, so I am. I'm with him. The 15 years, 14 years, so I am. But like, what do you call it? Like at the end of the day, the money is not in the job. You have to work. 65, 70 hours a week for a basic wage for someone working 40 hours a week on a construction site. And that's the reality of it. Yeah.
1: It strikes me so that it. a lot of people like yourself uh, and like John and like others w- wouldn't be in it at all only that you actually you do love you like the lifestyle that's, you do love the job Katie,
11: exactly you're only at this job if you like it there's any young fella that comes into this job thinks they might like it but young people nowadays they're coming into it and they have been thrown into the deep end and they're doing 60 hours a week they might have a mate that's an electrician and he's on he's on the same money for 40 hours that young fella's going to say to himself here come on I'm away to the building site, so I am. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to stick around. And plus, women, women now, will, what do you call it, won't put up with what I was very lucky with my wife. But women now, young girls now, if a man's away all week or doing the continent like that man for six weeks, you are not get a, a, a woman to stick around and say, oh, I'm gone six weeks, I'll see you later, there's the kids like. It's not going to happen. So it's
1: not. No. Gavin, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jar And thanks to all our callers And that. I want to talk about barn bracks
0: after these. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815.
1: And uh, we were talking about this earlier on the fact that the Dunn Barnbrack Barn Brack doesn't have the Halloween one with the bats on the label, uh, doesn't have a ring in it. Uh, Caitlin, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, how are you? Are you as sad as I am about this development? <laughs>
10: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's sad to see the the tradition of the Barn Brack kind of gradually getting, um,
1: I suppose, more and more mainstream. I'd, you know, because it wasn't just the ring. Actually, the ring kind of does play a part in a lot of the old Halloween traditions, but it just strikes me. Now, I know I'm know i talking to you, Kate, and I know you have uh, done research into these kind of traditions.
10: Yeah, I, um, I'm a historian and, and kind of um, work on, on modern Ireland, but on some older, kind of more, more ancient traditions as well.
1: Okay, well then you're the woman to ask. What, the, the ring, just to remind people, if you were, well, I suppose if you were living under a stone, what, what, what did the ring mean if you got the ring in the cake? The ring is probably
10: one of the more better-known items in the Baranbrack. Um As you said, there, there were others, mm-hmm. but the ring was probably the the most sought-after one in some households uh, because it meant that if you got the ring in your slice of barnbrack, you were to be married within the year.
1: Yes. And uh, because, of course, that's all all of us ever wanted was to be married within the year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go through those other stuff, because I remember a stick, uh, like a matchstick or something like that and a coin. But what 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 yeah. were they all for? Yeah, so the coin uh,
10: meant that you would be, you know, that the, that you'd get wealth within the... It, it was all over the next year because, of course, Halloween was the time when there was the, the, the thinnest veil between our world and the other world. So there was this idea that the your fortunes would be told on, on Halloween. And so, if you got the if you got the ring, you were to be married. If you got the coin, you were to get money. You were to be rich. If you got the matchstick or the any kind of stick, uh, it means you'd be you'd be single for the next year.
1: Right. So
10: there's a, a lot a lot of uh, relationship uh, predictions going on in the barnbrack.
1: Do you know there was the other one then about uh, we used to do this as kids, uh, where you would lay out various things in saucers, and mm-hmm. do you remember one of them was water, one of them was um dust, one of you know, a turf dust maybe or something like that. Uh, there yeah. was another one with stick and, and you would blindfold somebody and whichever one of the saucers you were drawn towards was again that was going to be your, your fortune would be told.
10: Yeah, yeah, I remember playing uh that with my nan when I was younger. Um yeah, but it's it's all these kind of games and all these traditions, it's it's all to do with the the idea that there is that that thinner veil between us and the fairy world or the other world
1: yeah we did, am i right in saying this that we basically bequeathed halloween to the to the world is, there, is it i know there's variations of it yeah. in other cultures but is is the the origins of yeah yeah the, the halloween
10: originated here in ireland um it was based around the the feast of samhain so anyone who came up through the irish primary school or you know november is is the month of november is Nina Hauna. so a lot of our months are named after our kind of old Pre-Christian festivals and traditions. Um, so Halloween began here in Ireland. Now it's a, it's it's gone global um, and come back to us as well, uh, like many other traditions. But even kind of in a in terms of a physical location, there's a place in Roscommon um, called Owen the Gat, the the cave of the cats, that is said to be the the actual physical beginning of Halloween.
1: Oh. So there is an actual spiritual home of the spiritual festival. <laughs>
10: there, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's linked to the, the legends and, of Queen Maeve. Um, and this cave that goes underground, it was said to be on on Halloween night again, when the connection between us and the other world is, is the strongest, um, that it's on those nights that the fairies would come out from the cave uh, apparently, Queen Maeve's soldiers went in and had a war with the fairies in the other world in the cave as well. Um, but you can still visit that today; it's a national monument.
1: I am definitely going to go there. It's like a portal to the the fairy world.
10: It's a portal to the other world, exactly. And it's um, if you go there, there's a visitor centre at, Ra- at Rathcrohan and they do fantastic tours of it. Um, they bring you right. I, I managed to to get there a couple of years ago and actually slide down into the cave. Uh, where Douglas Hyde first president of Ireland had graffitied his name on the
1: inside Good Lord I can't believe we don't know <laughs> more about this this sounds amazing
10: Yeah no it's a fantastic place to visit would really really recommend the Rothcroftan Visitor Centre
1: in North Uh Yeah I'm just going to give out 51551 is our text line and I'll just give the WhatsApp number out again uh, 087 184 that's 087 184 I just love to hear other people's Halloween traditions because I just I really worry now that we're kind of almost they're just drifting away from us so far and they'll be forgotten in another half a generation like what, what what's not happening now that you would have done when you were when you were a child for Halloween because honestly the the pumpkins but of course we did have turnips weren't the carved turnips now was that really a thing because we never had a carved turnip in our house
10: yeah, it, a long time ago, the cow turnips were uh, were a thing. Um, turnips, of course, grow bigger here in Ireland than they do in the States, so the pumpkin kind of took that over um, in terms of tradition. But the idea behind it, and even the idea behind dressing up and going from house to house, that originates here in Ireland as well. The idea is because if on that night the spirits and the fairies are coming from the other world, if you dress up as a as a monster or as one of these beings from the other world, that they won't recognise you as a person and you'll be safe. They'll think you're one of theirs.
1: Oh, that's where that. So the whole trick or treating thing—that's actually yeah. the the original original of it. Because, yeah, that's where it comes from. Because um, we never did that as children. I mean, I'm—I'd love to trace back the first uh, year that trick or treating took off in Ireland because it's de now. You absolutely have to do it if you're you're a child.
10: Yeah, it's one of those things. I think that you know originated here thousands of years ago. Uh, kind of left our shores and has, has since come back.
1: And then compare the, the. I'm thinking about the the Day of the Dead, the Mexican uh, mm-hmm. festival. Is that coming from a similar place, or what, what, what is is that just? It, it is like lots of cultures
10: around the world would have, um, you know, especially around around that time of the year. But they would have a, a festival that remembers their dead and that celebrates their dead. Uh, you're thinking of kind of. Particularly here in Ireland, pre-Christian, um, but before the, the coming of Christianity to these places, it was a way of reconnecting with their dead, of paying homage to their dead, of celebrating them, and of, um, I suppose, yeah, just just kind of building their relationship with them, um, believing that they were they were continuing on in the afterlife.
1: And of course, once post-Christian, then we had the All Souls All Souls Day and the visits to the graveyard and all of that.
10: Yeah, yeah, and, and you often find well, you you do find that, you know, when Christianity comes to countries they look at local traditions and local festivals and they Christianize them. So even Saint Bridget's Day was the the ancient Irish festival of Imbolg, Um and so they would they would use what was already there in the, the country's calendar and society's calendar and Christianize those different different graft, festivals that we still have today.
1: Graft a bit of Catholicism, on, <laughs> onto the top of them. exactly. And, uh, a Bit of copy and paste. A bit of co- co- copy and paste, <laughs> uh, and then of course all the apple stuff that we used to do as kids as well. I, I don't know, do kids do that? Do that still? Dunking for apples and the the apple hung on a string on the door jam. It, it, it's probably getting a little bit a little bit less common, but I
10: mean you still have the apples uh, again in this kind of uh, in the supermarkets. You have the, the chocolate covered apples. The it, 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 they're seasonal. It, 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 it all makes sense. If you're an agricultural society and you're harvesting, you want to use up um,
1: the around? apples at the end of this yeah. season.
10: So it, it, it all links in with, with what you're growing, what you're eating, um, how, how your society is functioning.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really do. I really do think that these are traditions we should be hanging on to and celebrating. And uh, um, I really do. And I just the fact that the ring could disappear from the barnbrack, the Halloween barnbrack, and, and nobody, nobody said a word. Nobody, nobody shouted stop. Yeah, it does. It does make me feel sad.
10: Um, yeah, a barnbrack without anything to get in it would be. It's a
1: sad, a sad of myself. I mean, it's just a fruit, a fruited bread, then, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. Listen, Caitlin. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Emil, for that. I uh, I really, really appreciate your expertise in it. Um, lots and lots of extra information there. And give me the name of the place again. Rathcrohan, is it? Rathcrohan, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One of the. It, it, it's kind of linked to the
10: the old royal sites. So the Hill of Tara would be the most famous one, but Rathcrohan was the one for Connacht
1: Okay, okay, Rathcarn. We'll all be we'll all be going there this Halloween. Uh, thanks for that, Caitlin. We'll t- we'll take a break.
0: Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815.
1: Kathleen, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Katie. So there was I regretting having a barnbrack with no ring in it. And what happened to you? I- I couldn't resist calling in to say I got two in a super value back yesterday afternoon. Okay, so what what does that mean, Kathleen? What's gonna happen now? Well, I suppose if we were to go on the tradition, I'll be married twice in
8: the next year. <laughs> but I'll have to get rid, I'd have to get rid of my,
1: my, my present husband of fifty one years first. Oh right, okay. Fifty one <laughs> years, Kathleen. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, what? Um, so, okay. So, if you're married fifty-one years, you will you will uh-huh. have been around for some of the traditions and that Certainly I was talking was. about there. Yeah,
8: yeah, I do. I recognise
1: particularly when you said the
8: saucers. I remember the the games on the saucers. There was the, there was a the piece of stick and there was a, a piece of cloth. If you remember that little yes. rag. And um, was there washer. a rosary?
1: Was there rosary beads? Something to do with you become a nun? Get, uh, there was something that if you did it, well, you'd, 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 you'd you'd get a vocation.
8: I don't remember that but I wouldn't doubt it for a minute And the water was that you'd go
1: overseas within the year You'd
8: go overseas exactly exactly, which would have been a, a big thing Yes to go overseas you know and the, the other game that we played, well, we played the usual, you know, the bob apple down into the basin of water. Yes. And also there was an apple tied on a string from the ceiling and you had to, and it would it, it be, if somebody would give it a push, so to swinging, and you had to try and try and bite it with your hands behind your back. Do you remember that, that one? That was it, yeah. yeah. Mm. And the other one I remember is, uh, it entailed filling a pudding bowl with some flour and then turning that out onto a plate like a sandcastle. Uh-huh. And on the top of it was put a half a crown, which was a lot of money uh-huh. and then we got turns of slicing this flower castle, if you like and as soon as the half a crown fell into the the flower, like when the flower it collapsed and the money would fall into it, we had to try and retrieve it with our mouths, which was very unpleasant but we'd give it a good go because
1: a half a crown was a lot of money Can I just tell you now somebody on our team was telling us this story that they did this as children yesterday and we kind of didn't believe them Oh, <laughs> because <yeah. laughs> the rest of us hadn't heard about it I've never heard about this There you go now and what was the well, How was it linked with Halloween? I wonder, I did, trying to figure I out the. I haven't a clue. I suppose I you did all look a bit like ghosts uh, once you were dun- well, dunking in for the flower. Yes, yes, yeah, the, yeah. the flower, <laughs> maybe. And I suppose if you did the flower
8: first and then you put your head into the basin of, of water to retrieve the apple, you'd have water, wallpaper paste on your face at that stage, water and flower together. <laughs> yes, of course. You'd look a, a proper fright.
1: Okay, well, anyway, the good news is you have. Um, Two weddings coming up one way or another this year with the two rings and your I have bracket. To buy, I'll have to buy, yeah, I'll, I think I won't bother wearing a veil. I think I'll just wear a hat twice. Absolutely. Two different hats. Indeed, yeah. indeed, Kathleen. Yeah. No need to okay, overdo do do okay. it, you know. No, 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 no. I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> okay, Kathleen, thanks a minute for that. I appreciate okay, the call. Okay. Take care. Uh, George. good afternoon.
7: Hi, Katie. Good afternoon to you. Happy Thursday.
1: Happy Thursday to you. <laughs> you you yeah we were ta- I was talking there to Caitlin about Rathcrahan Yes, yes, Katie, and I just felt
7: i'd I'd call in because I do hold a Galway passport, but they give us free access across the border into Scammon, which in fact is only three miles from where I live. so borders are in our heads, but um I went to Rathcrahan recently, and I cannot promote it enough. It's an extraordinary place, an extraordinary site with really extraordinary people, you know, servicing what it has to offer. And you haven't really lived in Rathcommon unless you have slid on your butt into the cave of Onegat. I mean, I can't believe I've lived here all my life and I just have never known about it. Well, not really known about it. I've never experienced it. So my purpose of the call was to promote Rathcrochan.
1: Well, you know what? i am It's definitely going on my bucket list, am It just sounds great and sounds uh, something really, really... Irish and a real proper tradition that we should all be building into our Halloween. It is, It is. And I wouldn't
7: have messaged in or taken the time to record the WhatsApp and enter it under contacts and send a message into you if I wasn't 100% genuine about Dracron. I've been to sites all over the world, like you name it. I mean, we've all gone to the Angkor Wat of Cambodia and the Machu Picchu's of South America, But sometimes, just sometimes, down the road, a a cup of coffee away is something as special as Ralph And it can compete with any archaeological site, but it's really the the folklore and and the stories and the narrative that I witnessed that day that people have experienced over the years. And it's a child's paradise. Now, a child would need supervision going into a cave, of course. That's up to the adult supervising. But for yourself, Katie, I've been watching and listening to you for a while, and I know you're... I know your, your DNA and, and it's not Dublin and I'd say get in the car sometime and visit Rackrahan I said I'm not a Ruscalman man I'm not doing the Ruscalman tourist guide here but I had such a ball I'm going back again because sometimes the second bite of the cherry is much more tasty than the first.
1: It is sweeter. It is indeed. Jared, very, very yeah. well said. You've done a great marketing job for Rathcrohan There, <laughs> uh, thanks Emil for taking the time to to, to Casey, come back could, to us.
7: Could I tell you? Could I tell you about two Halloween traditions? One before I go, quickly, because
1: we've we we're backing up here now. But go on.
7: Well, I, one, just one. One of the funniest ones we did as children was we were dressed up in black sacks with black thread tied to the knockers of doors, hide outside the gates of the local houses and keep pulling on the black thread until the people become so exasperated they would put out the lights and not come to the door anymore. That was, that was one of the... And it was so harmless that we thought we were ready for Alcatraz if we got caught. So anyway, that's a good Galway, Ballygar tradition and uh, I have great memories of it and I would even have encouraged kids I taught as a teacher to do it. Um, listen... <laughs>
5: <laughs>
1: thanks for ringing thanks thanks, Jared. take care uh, can we bring in Mick uh, quickly Mick good afternoon uh,
5: how are you doing Katie I'm doing I'm well okay, you're, you're great you're digging up some good stuff there I'm telling you uh, yeah. oh, thanks for putting on that programme there's some great stuff there's some of it I never heard before the one with the, the the pile of flour in the middle a lot of the other ones we did like you know we, we had the old apple hanging from the ceiling and ducking for pennies and all that but um, like we didn't even have electric light then with uh, am like um, going back to the forties, like late forties and fifties. But the other thing then we and the one with the tapping at the window, we used to do that. Oh, there. Yeah.
1: Oh yes, yes,
5: used, yes. Yeah, uh, we used to do that with black thread and uh, a button, like and we put a couple of old people along the village. We had a green across the road from the the houses in the village, so we could stay over there and with a ball alley we could run into and hide. So a lot of devilment went on, there. more devilment now than that ducking, the stuff in the house, because you would, you'd you'd stick that for a while and then you'd, you'd run out to meet up with a couple of lads and do a bit of harm, you know. Not not bad harm.
1: Not bad harm, innocent gates. innocent harm, but great old traditions uh, well, and great memories.
5: It was, yeah, it was that innocent, we knew nothing anyway, but we used to take you know, a couple of gates off people's houses and hide them and sure that they'd be looking around for them and, God help them. Some of them had an old, maybe a couple of calves or an ass or something to get out and to be searching the next day. A lot of that carry on, you know. Nothing too bad, I don't think. No. No, no. Make, make
1: harm, harmless <laughs> enough. Listen, thanks a mil for that. Yep. Appreciate that. Have we time for one more? We need to go to. No, I have to need to go to a break. take
0: care. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe! Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815.
1: Now this has been a very much a recurring theme over the last few weeks: um, scam, scams, um, and particularly scams on Facebook. Uh, Dave, good afternoon.
12: Hi, ta- hi uh, Tara. How are you? Uh, Katie. Katie. Sorry, sorry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> grand Dave. Uh, so <laughs> tell far. us, tell us your story. Uh, you had a business Facebook page.
12: We did indeed, and then it ended up as it got hacked. Uh, we had quite a good, a good Facebook page, was with, was with 16,000 likes and followers, um, which meant meant a lot to us, you know, to have built it and, and grown it to that uh, to that sort of stage. And then over the last number of weeks, it 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 became hacked and uh, and fiddled about with, and it got to the point then where the page was took over, the admin of the page was took over, and uh, there was money took out of our of our bank account the following morning, so it was all a very horrible experience. Really, so when from did the you
1: just done. take me back, Dave? When did you actually realise there was something amiss, something going on?
12: So on the twenty third of September, uh, my wife's page was hacked. So her, her, we're quite recently married too, and we've got a young family. Um, so all the, you know, pictures like most other families in in the country means a lot to us, and and. To, and to my wife especially and then that was all that was all taken down and and deleted or wiped so to speak um oh. so then after after that then uh last uh, i think on the, on the 12th of this month uh, my own page then was hacked and from there then they got into our basically our business page um and from that then they got card details and were able to to access our bank account uh, and take out two hundred and sixty euros. Oh um, well,
1: they got they actually, they actually got to the point where they took the money out of your own bank account.
12: Oh yeah, that was done within within hours, really. And then and then it got to a point uh, where, to be fair, to bank to the to the bank that we're with, they they sent us a text the following the following morning, very early. So within sort of nine ten hours, um, it came up that. Uh, was fraudulent, it looked like fraudulent activity. Were we aware of this uh, of this transfer? And we text back no, and then the bank rang us, and and they've done a brilliant job to just cut to basically cut out any money uh, coming in or going out of our account, and, and issued a new card, um, which was some peace of mind. But the the, the reason they've done that was because the guys that hacked our page tried to take out a further eight hundred, so they then. The bank obviously seen that then, and and, they didn't and that's what set tank. the
1: alarm. That's what set the alarm bells ringing.
12: Exactly, exactly.
1: And um, am I right in saying, were you actually on honeymoon when when this was happening? Yes,
12: yes, yeah. I
1: Absolutely. wonder, did yeah, they well, know that from from looking at your personal account? and
12: such, I think they definitely did. As I say, like, and, and I'm not in any way tech minded and, and i've never been and it's it's it couldn't be further from my sort of uh, from my roots so to speak and, and uh, you know over the last few weeks and since dealing with this i've it's it's just been such an eye opener and it's it's really horrific to the point where i i honestly don't think people have a clue of what facebook and these big tech companies the kind of host that they have on on you and your family so to speak um and there doesn't seem to be any policing or any sort of way of of uh, following them up or, or getting anyone to talk. To. Like it was one thing getting hacked and money coming out, but then to not to not have any anyone to ring or to talk to about this. We've tried for over a week since the 12th, so six seven days. We've tried to we've tried to get in contact with Facebook and to make it so impossible. Yeah to actually get an answer it's it's disgusting like well, it's, it's we, absolutely horrific
1: I'm watching the clock and we're going to have to leave it very briefly but we have there has been a happy ending on it uh, because we did get onto Facebook obviously and uh, they have now said they will sort you because they took down your your this business page that had meant so much to you with all all those five star reviews and all all those thousands yeah. of of potential customers. Definitely. So Definitely. now uh, they've they've given us details and you can I, I don't know if they're giving them directly to you yet, but we'll get them to you that they yeah. will be able to restore your page. So it's a that bit of relief in exactly the end
12: exactly. of the day. I just wanted to say, that Kate, thanks so much, and, and to your team and especially to uh, to Tara who's been so good with helping in the background. I mean, we we really appreciate. Uh, what what you've all done to get it sorted
1: there? Indeed, Tara's uh, playing a blinder. That's for sure. And I'm just going to say this because it is important for people to know. Uh, Facebook are will say, and they're probably right. Highly recommend for all of us that we all turn on that two-factor authentication. Um, mm-hmm. That that keeps our accounts more secure. So I think we Definitely. should all do that. Listen, Dave. The very best. To look and um, delight of you and, and congratulations. On the wedding. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. we'll we'll take care. That's all we have time for for today. On sound, we had James Feeney, our broadcast coordinator, was Shane Galvin. And today's programme was produced by Nadine Maloney.
0: 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.